Community Radio, Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. Chadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for top class sport. Yes, Sunday the 26th of July. You're very welcome to Sunday Evening's Talksport here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. And we have an action-packed programme for you this evening. The competitive action on the GFC in Kemback. Players are delighted. Management, team management and mentors are delighted. Supporters, maybe not so. There weren't. There were a number of them at games, but they were uh, curtailed to a specific number and I suppose that's uh, that's a disappointment but hopefully that will improve along the way we'll have all the results later on we'll have Camogie results of course and a uh, big premiership today Liam Kelly Rook will be with us in about 15 minutes but just to say it's Liverpool Man City Man United and Chelsea are in Europe Bournemouth Watford and um, Norwich are down in the Premiership but Liam will give us all the details later on on the final day of drama across the water we'll also have uh, some soccer with uh, John Corrigan we'll have hockey with Tristan Linus we'll have racing results with uh, Bear Scott so plenty plenty to go for and uh, we're not going to delay at all we're going to cut our music short here now because waiting on the line we have a man who was uh, doubly engaged for us at the weekend Barry Henriquez was at uh, two well he covered two matches for us How he, he'll explain how he managed that Kilmacow in Piltown and Wingap and Sleebrew Take it away, Barry. Piltown, not 18. Kilmacow, 9 points. A resurgent Piltown had too much ammunition in their muskets for a hard time. Kilmacow in Mullinavat on Friday evening. They led from the start when corner forward Dara May slipped over a settling point from play. Within a couple of minutes, Shane Harney from Kilmacow level matters with a smart point, followed within a few minutes more by a point from midfielder Tomás Sheridan to give the Kilmacow lads a lead for the first and only time in the game. By the 10th minute, the winners were in front, not 4 to not 2. Richie McNamara narrowed the gap for the Kilmacow men with a fine free, but that was the last score for the Kilmacow men in that first half. Piltown, aided by the breeze in the first half, had points from sharpshooter John Kenny, four, Keen Kinsler, Daniel Norris, and centre-back Kevin Walsh. At half-time, Piltown comfortably led by 0-12 to 0-3. Conditions, while they were very slippery all through, with a rain consistence that made control of foot and slither somewhat a bit of a lottery. Richie McNamara slotted three frees over the Piltown uh, crossbar. Johnny Hayes helped with two from play. And Fergal Shufflin suffered, got the sixth to complete the Kil- Kilmacow's second half take. Johnny Kenny bagged three of the Piltown's second half hall of six, with Billy O'Callaghan, Kevin Walsh and Daniel Norris getting the rest. Piltown, well, they had good performance in the likes of Aaron Kinson and Billy O'Callaghan. They had memorable first half, who had a memorable first half outing at adult level. That was his first outing with the uh, adult level, while captain Kevin Walsh totally dominated the centre-back position. Goalkeeper Ronan Ryan and Daniel Norris were very prominent in a well-timed, managed Piltown uh, uh, outfit. For Kilmacow, Dermot O'Dwyer at full-back, Lou Carney, Johnny Hayes and Richie McNamara were very effective and never took a backward step in the Kilmacow cause. Piltown, not 18. Kilmacow, not 8. Right, Barry. The and the second game then was uh, Wine Gap and Sleebrew. Yeah, Wine. This is the match, Nicky. Uh, you better listen to this, kiddo. Anyway. By the way, we have a lot to put in the programme tonight now, so don't. Uh, okay, you Nicky, hurry. Oh, don't delay me. Off you go. For the times that are in it, judgment and opinion are expressed with such quoted a sense of uh, relativity. But it's superbly presented Hogginstown on Friday evening. This first round junior game had a sizable crowd precariously balanced 
on the edges of the seats as both sides produced a throbbing encounter from start to finish. Six times the sides were upsides with each other, particularly through a first half where control of a snippy ball was problematic for all due to a wet surface and incessant rain. Conor Lonergan got the uh, Paul Cahill superbly trained wine gap out of traps early with a nice point after two minutes. Four minutes later, the very impressive own Kenny balanced the issue for Steve Roo with a sweet point from deep south, from the uh, deep south contingent. The early engagements were tasty, they were physical and very competitive. Social distance, social distancing, how are you? There wasn't the width of an eggshell between the players as personal personal safety was confined to the back burner. Every ball was contested with a determination and a rigour not conducive to the good health of your fellow man. A feature of the game which certainly contributed largely to the entertainment value for the patrons was the performance of referee Michael O'Sullivan and that's a big compliment coming from yours truly. Within 60 seconds of Kenny's point, a sleeve room move started by a delivery from Niall Walsh had the ball in the hands of corner forward Craig Phelan. Driving forward, Phelan uh, suckered his mar- marker, released a smashing pass to his brother Eamon, and the net bu- billowed. Paul Rellis added a sleeve room point by the 10 minutes, and the black and amber men looked confident and looked assured. The outstanding Jack Doyle was causing a myriad of problems for the sleeve room defence. However, his speed and control of the greasy slither was uncanny. His free-taking was nigh on perfect, and he clattered over two nuggets within two minutes midway through the first quarter. With his opposite wing partner, Keen Ryan, they spelled danger of, uh, for their sleeve room minders every second the ball broke up there. Ryan added a third successive point to the wind-up scoreline by the 14 minute, and then the diminutive but so courageous, so courageous corner forward, Shane, uh, Jim Co- James Cullen belted home the first of the wine gap goals on the stroke of the quarter hour. At the 20 minute mark, the sides were level for the second time. Neither side dominated for any telling effort. Paul Spuddy Mark Rocket was unerring from place balls for Steve Rowe, but Jack Doyle, Young Cullen, and Keen Ryan were uh, answering every call. Uh, to, uh, that, to match the uh, Schlieve Rule men scored. Three unanswered points before the break from Rocket sent the Schlieve Rule lads in leading by 1-9 to 1-8. We had been treated to a canvas of exciting hurling from two from two uh, very determined two teams who had no problems uh, who went toe-to-toe for the entire duration. As they say, Wingap were at the market early from the start of the second half. Two great points by, Do- by Doyle and King Ryan shot them to the fore by the slenderest of margins. Ryan doubled it with a peach of a score in the 39 minutes after some great work by Jim Power. Rocket with a superb score from 40 yards on the sideline. Was, it was cancelled by a life score from Ryan after great work by Doyle. Kenny and Doyle exchanged scores by the 45th minute. Winegap still with a two-point uh, advantage. It was that kind of a game. Two great points by Rocket at the size level for the sixth time at 113 apiece. It was still anybody's game. With the excitement of high oct- at high octane level and less than si- five minutes remaining, and Schlieve rule, they were looking likely winners at this stage, but then a long ball delivered down into the, uh, into the wind-up defence 
with a spell danger for Wangab. But however, the best corner forward on game, his name is Darrow O'Shea, came out with the ball, fired it out to his centre-back, Willie Feeling. He found, found Dyle. Dyle laid it off to Ryan. Ryan laid it off to Jim Power, the big full forward, power. Uh, scuttled all the defence in front of him, made great ground, and from an awkward, awkward angle, he slotted the ball to the back of the net. You would have said that could have been the... Uh, that could have been a game set a match for the boys in red. But Schlieber were a long way from throwing into town. Two points from uh, Gifted Rocket narrowed the gap to a brace of points. They're still, they were still in the game, showing tremendous determination and a willingness to empty the tank for the cause of the little village. They swarmed forward with, into added time. They could have had two goals. They certainly should have had one, but the wine gap resolve held fast. It was an enthralling contest, Nicky, between two sides that were difficult to separate and balance. I suppose the difference between them was the fact that wine gap had far more better forwards than their opponents. I love the work of Jack Doyle, James Cullen, Keen Ryan, Pat Grace and William Phelan at midfield, while defenders Darrow Shea, Sean Foley, Padraig Foley and Peter Landy caught the eye. Steve Rue had great performance in the outstanding Paul Rocket, Sean Rocket, Niall Walsh, Jack Frisbee, Owen Tenney and, and uh, Eamon Phelan. That was Wine Gap 216. Steve Rue 115. Well done, Barry. well done, Barry. Just to say that our good friend Benjamin from the Isle of Lewis sends his good wishes. He says it's good to see, hear your dulcet tones again. <laughs> Thanks, Nicky. Okay. All right, Bar. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll uh, talk yeah, to you later. On. All right. Take care. Bye. That was Barry Henriquez and Patrese picked up the well, big game in Nolan Park on Friday night, which was streamed by Kilkenny County Board, Tuller and Nemers. JJ Cavanagh Sons Junior hurling a championship at Tuller Ross Burton 419 the Emeralds 19 points a four goal defeat for the Emeralds was a harsh result on the night because the match was on a knife edge with five minutes remaining 118 to 18 points with Arlingford team pressing the Tuller rear guard a brilliant move involving a great run from Pat Hartley an offload to Walter Walsh who found Richie Dollard and he crashed to the net scored a memorable goal with three minutes left. That goal settled the issue uh, to 18 to 18 points. Goals from Keno Dunhu and Richie Dollard followed uh, to put the Northern team to the sword in clinical fashion. Tullaher held the upper hand throughout the game and uh, led uh, four, 8 points to 4 by the first water break. During that opening period, Tullaher Ross Burke and goalkeeper Owen Ryan had 3 saves to make, while the Emeralds number 1 Enda Kelly uh, brought off a blinding save from Richie Dollard. 30 seconds into the second quarter uh, Kelly had no chance as Wally Walsh crashed home a pile driver from the edge of the square to put the southern team in control but the Emeralds got a hold of the game around the middle third of the field and uh, they trailed 112 to 10 points by half time Connor Martin landing seven points uh, from freeze and play. Taggy Fogarty's influence was increasing all the time. In the second half, he pointed four times. The Tullaher defence was getting much busier as the Emeralds closed ranks. 118 to 18 points with five minutes to go, but the Emeralds couldn't get the goal they needed. And Tullaher pulled away with that excellent second goal, followed by two more. A moment of concern at the end of the game as Tullaher Ross Birkin star performer Walter Walsh went over on his ankle but uh, he was okay uh, to resume and indeed took part in uh, the team warm down. 
Tuller Ross Birkin well they will meet Moonkind next weekend and uh, maybe a more even performance will be needed although they fought tooth and nail right throughout the game but lost their way for a while in that middle third and that'll be a bit of a concern uh, to the Tullaher men the Emeralds well they battled right to the very end and uh, kept in touch all the way against uh, Tullaher Ross Birkin but they just couldn't get that goal they needed and they will hurl uh, a lot worse and win games but uh, it was tough on them in the end to lose 419 to 19 points when maybe a closer scoreline would have done them more justice. Yes that was Pat Tracy at uh, Tullaher and uh, the Emeralds in Nolan Park last Friday evening Well we move on to a game in section B now that was out on the Kells Road, James Stevens and uh, the Roar in the Steag uh, Liam Kelly O'Rourke covered that game for Community Red Kilkenny City and we'll have Liam on after this with his soccer roundup. James Stevens got their junior campaign off to a dream start on the Kells Road on Friday night with a comfortable 228 to 112 defeat of the Roar Inishtig. The village men were very quick out of the blocks and raced into a three point lead in the opening four minutes as Sean Liston and Tommy Walton split the posts. The Rurnishtig did show some promise in the early exchanges and opened their account after five minutes when Edward Prendergast converted a free 20 metres from the village goal. Tommy Walton extended James Stevens' lead back to three a minute later before Porrick Ryan made it four points to two for the Rurnishtig following a great set-up play from Edward Prendergast. However, from this point forward, the match was over as a contest as the village lads blitzed the Southerners, coming back with score after score, showing fantastic team and combination play with accuracy in front of the posts. The opening goal of the game came after 13 minutes when Tommy Walton launched a high ball in on top of Andy Parsons who dispatched it to the net leaving the scoreline 1-5 to 2 points at that stage. James Stevens were pointing for fun with the likes of Tommy Walton, Sean Liston, Matthew McWay and Jackie Turl, remember him, all bagging scores. Great combination play led to the village's second goal with six minutes of the half remaining as Tommy Walton planted the ball to the net to leave the scores 2-11 to three points. The Roar Nishtig's efforts weren't fading but at around this stage it was impossible to see them turning around a 2-16 to five point deficit at the halftime interval. The second half continued in much the same vein but the Roar Nishtig lads kept battling and were rewarded midway through the half when JJ Kenny bundled the ball to the net to make it 2.22 to 1.9 but in truth even the most optimistic of optimists could not have seen a Roarnishti come back on the cards so James Stevens closed out the match to claim their 2.28 to 1.12 victory in Park Shame with Steve on Friday night and complete a brilliant start to their junior campaign yeah, that was Liam Kelly O'Rourke covering the small ball game on Friday night and today he was watching the big ball game and he has all the premiership details. Some will be happy, delighted, more will be sad this evening, Liam. Tell us all about it. Yeah, evening, Nicky. We've just about got our breath back. So it's uh, Norwich, Watford and Bournemouth who go down. Norwich were uh, relegated earlier in the season. They go down on 21 points and then the battle of all battles took place this afternoon in the 4 o'clock kickoffs. Watford going down second from bottom on 34 points just behind Bournemouth on goal difference. Uh, Bournemouth with a three uh, better goal difference than uh, Watford but they go down also third from bottom with Aston Villa. Uh, escaping in 17th place on 35 points. So the results, well, West Ham United and Aston Villa drew one apiece at the London Stadium. Uh, Jack Grealish, well, he turned into a bit of a club hero when he gave the villains the lead after 84 minutes. But then Yarmolenko, just a moment later, equalised for the Hammers, but a point was enough for Villa. Um, elsewhere, well, Bournemouth, they needed a win and a, a assistance from games elsewhere. Well, they didn't get it because they'd done their own job. They beat Bournemouth, a good, uh, or beat Everton, I beg your pardon, at Goodison Park by three goals to one. Joshua King from, from the penalty spot, uh, Junior Stanislas 
and uh, Solanke all on the score sheet for Bournemouth but it wasn't enough as they go down along with Watford who put in a, a spirited second half performance they trailed 3-0 but they lost by three goals to two at the Emirates against Mikel Arteta's Arsenal so Norwich the most relegated team in the Premier League go down bottom and then teams that came up together Bournemouth and Watford are also consigned to the Championship Elsewhere today, uh, it finished Brighton and Hove Albion 2, Burnley 1. Chelsea booked their Champions League place with a 2-0 victory at home to Wolves. Crystal Palace and Tottenham drew one apiece, meaning Spurs will be playing uh, Europa League football next season. It's um, Leicester City nil, Manchester United 2, so Manchester United get that last Champions League spot. Um, in the other games, Man City, well, they cruised to victory 5-0 against already not relegated Norwich City. The champions, Liverpool, won at St. James's Park by three goals to one. Southampton, well, they finished the season on a high beating Sheffield United by three goals to one so in terms of the top four Liverpool champions as we know City take second United third Chelsea fourth with Leicester missing out on goal difference in fifth 62 points a, a nine worse goal difference or a four worse goal difference than Manchester United who snatched third and Chelsea grabbing fourth Well Liam that's good and that finishes the Premiership they can all go off on their holidays now for a while but it's coming back in to- early uh, middle second week of September I think it comes back, um, we have Premier League on the September the 12th and a couple of those big clubs, Manchester City among them, uh, they'll be back in two or three weeks' time because we have a bumper Champions League competition. Oh, of course, of course. August. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll have little time to rest. Liam Kelly O'Rourke, that's him in action with the small ball and the big ball. Thanks to you, Liam. We'll talk next weekend. We'll have a big, big agenda next weekend. Take care, Liam. Thanks, Take care. Okay, we take a break. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. Yes, you're very welcome back to Sunday Evening's Talk Sport. Back to the JJ Cavill and Sons Junior Hurling Championship. And out in Freshford on Friday evening, it was Galmai and Barra Rangers. Jerry Drennan watched that for us. Junior Hurling League Championship game in Freshford on Friday night. Galmai, 18 points. Barra Rangers, 12 points. This is a very evenly contested game up to the last 10 minutes when Galmai pulled away and hit some very good, impressive points to forge a six-point victory. Throughout the game, the teams were level eight times in total, which shows how evenly balanced they were. The game started off with Conor Drennan and Cahill Kenny swapping frees before Drennan hit over a line ball from 45 metres out and then hit one from play following a good pass from Tom Corcoran to leave it 3-1. Cahill Kenny struck back with two frees, fouls on Mikey Dial and Ed Prendergast, to which Conor Drennan levelled up again 4-3, 4-3, and Cahill Kenny hit one from play. That ball from play off Kenny was a very, very good point off his hurley under extreme pressure. Full forward Cahill English then took possession of a long delivery by full-back Darrell O'Connor to approach Barrow Rangers 5 points to 4 up on the 15th minute of the game. In defence, John Keeley and Darrell O'Connor were having a good game for Barrow Rangers and clearing lots of ball mainly because Galmai were playing some forwards out the field. Brendan Phelan then took possession of a short line ball from Conor Drennan and the wing back put over a super pint from under the stand to make it 5-all level again. Midfielder Frank Phelan sent Galmai ahead at the water break 6-5 following a good passing movement involving Oshin Phelan and Conor Drennan. After the water break, County Minor from 2018 Killian Rutkins, who had a good game at left half forward for Barrow Rangers, finished off a very good three-man move uh, started by Cahill Kenny to put Barrow Rangers level 6-6. Carl Kenny took over a free after a foul on Kieran O'Neill. Kieran O'Neill now came into the game in a big way and this fella is a big tall corner forward who is still only in fifth year in Kenny CBS but he won two frees in succession actually which Carl Kenny pointed and just before the break he hit Bahrainer's ninth point of the night following a solo and a good strike off the right wing. Conor Drennan replied both from play and from a free to leave it at half-time. Rangers 9 points, Galmai 8 points, and the match was very evenly poised. After the break, however, Galmai came out the stronger, with 
Conor Drennan hitting three points within four, within four minutes of play. Two of them from play and then the third from a free following a foul on Frank Phelan. Phelan's brother, Brandon Phelan, had a great chance of a goal, but his shot just petered out wide in the 36th minute. Kieran O'Neill again won another free for Barra Rangers and Cahill Kenny pointed the, the resultant free on the 34th minute. And O'Neill himself levelled the game after a very good run the aforementioned Killian Rudkins in the 37th minute, 11 points all. Strangely, at this stage, Barra Rangers withdrew Cahill Kenny. Now, he had, seven, he had seven points scored, six frees, and he walked off the field, not appearing to be injured, but even on one leg, he would have hit some frees. They they found it difficult to find a free taker after this and hit three frees wide. In fact, he only scored one more point of the game, a free from Mikey Dial in the 50th minute. Galmai, on the other hand, stepped up the pace with points from Oshin Phelan, Conor Drennan, and then three frees in a row from Conor Drennan from following fouls on Nigel Stanley and Oshin Phelan. A super catch by Stephen Delaney also resulted in a free, which Drennan pointed, and then he provided the final pass for Sean Phelan to make it 17-12 with 10 minutes to go. Kieran O'Neill kept up the battle up front for Barra Rangers and he had a a point-blank shot on Joe Dullard on the Galmai goal, but Dullard was equal and saved a great ball out to the white, out to the side. Conor Drennan finished the scoring on the night after blocking down a defender under the stand, struck over the 18 point of Galmai's total to leave it 18-12. Best for Galmai were Nigel Stanley in defence, who had a super game. Conor Drennan, Tom Corcoran, Brendan Phelan, Oshin Phelan, and Sean Phelan. For Barra Rangers, as I said, John Keeley and Darrell Connor are very good in defence. Kieran O'Neill up front proved a handful for the Galmai defence, and Cahill Kenny was very, very good from Freeze. Killian Rutkins worked very hard also. Special mention to the Freshwater Club. The pitch and the surrounds on Friday night were absolutely beautiful and the pitch was like a carpet. Both teams will now look forward to next weekend's games when Galmai will face Greg Namana in Palmerston and Barra Rangers will be looking to get back on the horse against Kilmacow. Galmai, 18 points, Barra Rangers, 12. Yeah, Jerry Drennan for us there in fresh for the good win for Barra Rangers or a good win for Galmai I should say uh, I thought maybe Barra Rangers might win that one but uh, well done to Galmai a lot of young players Jerry was telling me they're down a few players from last year so well done to them now down in Bridge on Friday evening Conaghy Shamrocks the All-Ireland Junior Club champions but not county champions we should add uh, took on Greg Manor, a very competitive game it turned out to be as well JJ Cavan and Sons Kilkenny Junior Hurling League Championship Conaghy Shamrocks 117 Greg Manor 111 a strong opening half was key to Connie Shamrocks overcoming Greg Damana in a competitive JJ Cavan and Sons Junior Hurling League Championship tie in Bennisbridge on Friday evening. The winners played with the advantage of a slight breeze in the first half, but the early pressure came from Greg Damana. Boric Delaney in the Connie goal made the first of many fine saves after a minute, pushing a goal-bound shot out for a 65, which Terry Dreeland converted. Connie captain James Berrigan caused Greg Damana all sorts of problems in the first half, scoring some superb points from all angles and distances. A brace from Berrigan saw Conaghy lead two points to one after five minutes. The first goal of the game arrived in the ninth minute. It was scored by Greg Namana's Seamus Kavanagh with a brilliant ground shot from 20 metres. The hard work was done by Dylan Cal, whose incisive run outpaced the Conaghy defence and he set up Kavanagh for the goal. The effort from Greg Namana was impressive and Conaghy were made to work hard for every score. Points for Conaghy from Eddie Delaney from a line ball and James Berrigan tied the game after 12 minutes. Although Terry Dreelan edged Greg Namana ahead with a pointed free, Conaghy started to control the game in the second quarter. Good interplay among the Conaghy players resulted in some fine points from James Berrigan, Tom Phelan and Thomas Rice. The impressive Richard Foley was a concentrate to the Conaghy defence and he got his first point after 17 minutes. The goal that Conaghy had been threatening to score came at the 24th minute from Tom Phelan following a smart pass from James Berrigan. Terry Dreelan reduced the margin with another pointed free, but three unanswered points for the winners from James Berrigan at 65, Tom Phelan and Donald Brennan saw Conaghy lead 111 to 114 at the interval. 
Greg Demana made a great start to the second half with a pointed free from Terry Dreelin in the first minute. That score laid the foundation for what was a dominant display from the team for much of the second half. The switch of James Meany to corner back to keep tabs on James Berrigan worked well, even if Berrigan remained a constant threat to the Greg Demana defence. After two minutes, Conaghy goalie Porrick Delaney made another superb save, this time from Richard Foley, and it took some stout defending from the Conaghy rearguard to keep a lively Greg Demana attack at bay. Despite their best efforts, Greg Demana could get no closer than five points to their opponents throughout the second half. Whenever the Greg men grabbed a score, and they got some excellent points from Eddie Walsh, Richard Foley and Terry Dreeland during the second half, Conaghy responded well, with James Berrigan, Eddie Delaney and Kieran Money all replying. Connie had what appeared to be a good goal disallowed on 10 minutes, when Tom Phelan was deemed to have been in the square to tap home a long delivery from James Bergen. It was a close call. Just like the first half, Connie put in a strong closing six minutes. A brace of points from Kieran Mooney and two more from Tom Phelan and Eddie Delaney kept their opponents at a safe distance, despite the best efforts of Richard Foley, Dylan Cal and Terry Dreelan. An accidental clash during the second half saw both Shane Carney, Greg and James Bergen Connie having to leave the field with injuries. Both players were a big loss to their respective teams. Connie deserved to win, but a six-point margin flattered the winner somewhat. Hesitancy at times attacking the ball allowed their opponents to gain uncontested possession. Greg Demana played with lots of enthusiasm endeavour, but they might have converted more of their efforts. They should have been closer to their opponents at the finish. Final score from Venice Bridge, Connie Shamrocks 117, Greg Demana 111. Well, over in uh, Castle, over in Castle Comer in Ballycomey on uh, Friday evening, Clonine took on Adwalax and Whites. Watching that for us was Kieran Muldowney. The JJ Cavanagh and Sons Junior Hurling Championship. Blacks and Whites 3.20, Clonine 1.6. A tight first half gave no indication of what was to happen in the second half in an excellently appointed Cannon Cairns Park in Castlecomer on Friday night as Blacks and Whites and Clonine both got their campaigns underway. Paul Murphy was quick into the action for Blacks and Whites when he pointed in the first minute following some good play by Niall Kennedy. Appointed free by the excellent Ryan Murphy, left the Schockman two points to no score up after eight minutes before Owen Regan registered Clonine's first score with a brilliant goal, catching the puck out before soloing through and burying it from 14 yards out. In fairness to Blacks and Whites, they responded well to this setback. Two points from Ryan Murphy, one from a free and one from play, plus two more from Martin Kelly, left them six points to a goal ahead after 22 minutes. Clonine got back into the game at this stage and the excellent Regan pointed two consecutive points to leave just the minimum minute after 24 minutes. The teams then traded points. Senan Dial for Blacks and Whites was cancelled out by Thomas Brennan for Clonine before another Ryan Murphy free was responded to in like fashion by Michael Dial from Clonine. Just on the call at half-time, the veteran Niall Kennedy got an excellent score for Blacks and Whites and at half-time it was the Schockmen who led by nine points to 1-4. The start of the second half was very controversial and in two separate incidents, five players received their marching orders from referee Conor Everard. The game became very fractured at this stage as backs outnumbered forwards at both ends. However, it didn't deter young Ryan Murphy who pointed five consecutive frees at the start of the second half as Blacks and Whites edged out to a 14 points to 1-4 lead after 44 minutes. The game was effectively ended as a contest when Jamie Byrne gold after great work by Sennon Dial to leave it 1-14 to 1-4. For Clonine, Michael Dial got their only two scores of the second half, a pointed free in the 22nd minute and an excellent point just before the end. 
However, all through the second half, the numerical advantage of the Scott men was telling, and their selectors made a very brave move by putting Michael Maloney up in the forwards to occupy one of the spare Clonine defenders, and this reaped dividends as Martin Kelly, Emmett Foley, a couple of frees from Ryan Murphy, as well as a goal from the same player, saw them stretch their lead out to 2.17 to 1.5. The one-way traffic continued as Michael Maloney, Niall Kennedy, Martin Kelly, and it was fitting that Ryan Murphy would end the scoring with another pointed free deep into injury time as Blacks and Whites stretched out to a 20-point win. Uh, probably not an accurate reflection of the gap between the two teams. It was a good contest, however, the sendings off at the start of the second half had a huge effect on the game. But Blacks and Whites will be very happy to get their campaign off to a winning start as they played some good hurling. For Clonine, well, probably a night to forget, but their first half was very, very good and very determined. However, once the sendings off occurred, it became very, very difficult for them. Both teams will look forward to next weekend's next round. The final score, Blacks and Whites 320, Clonine 1-6. Yeah, that was Kieran Maldowney out in uh, Ballycomie for us. Well, Shamrock's Valley or Shamrock's Valley Hale made the trip into Palmerstown to take on Dixborough in a junior section B game on Friday night. It was a difficult evening for them, as Kieran Ari now tells us. Dixborough won 30, Ballyhale Shamrock's 14 points played on Friday night in Palmerstown in front of a, a good crowd. Dixborough got off to the live list to start going three points up, Davy Ryan adding two points and, and Kevin Nolan. Took until the eighth minute for Ballyhale to register the first score and Gavin Butcher bore through the middle and pointed a lovely point to leave it three points to one. Dixborough's full forward line were on fire and Liam Brennan Smith added his first point of the game, which was followed by the hard working Kevin Nolan at centre forward to leave it five points to one after the first quarter. Sean Bay then at full forward added a point followed by a well worked score by Joe Sheen to leave it seven points to one after eighteen minutes. Then Liam Brennan Smith, who was a thorn in the side of the Valley Hale men, added two more points to leave it nine points to one after twenty minutes. Valley Hale then scored her second point of the game through a Mark Garman free to leave it nine points to two after twenty minutes. But then the first and only goal of the game was added by Liam Brennan Smith when he let the ball run past his man, picked it up in his hand, soloed it in, went into the twenty yard line and buried the ball to the back of the net to leave it one nine to two points after twenty one minutes. Another Mark Garman free for the Valley Hale men left it one nine to three points after twenty three minutes. But Davy Ryan added his third point to the game followed by the very impressive Liam Brennan Smith to leave it one eleven to three points heading towards the break. Bally Hale added the final three scores of the first half before their first point of play right on the stroke of half time was added by Stephen Barnes, leave it one eleven to six points at half time. Dixborough started off as they did in the first half and introduced Paul O'Flynn at half time and he added its first score to leave it one thirteen to six after thirty three minutes. John Bay and Josh Sheen then added their score on tally before Mark Gorman added another three and Martin Davis pointed for the Bally Hale men to leave it one fourteen to eight points after thirty seven minutes. Sean Bide added another point which was cancelled out by the Ballyhale men to leave 1.15 to 9 after 38 minutes it was all Dixborough for the remainder of the second half with points from Sean Sean Bide very standout performer Lee Moore midfield Parik Milan added a, a long range free for Dixborough at centre back which was followed by another free by Sean Bide points then also from Paul Flynn Aaron Murphy another from Paul Flynn and then a free from Mark Gorman for Ballyhale left at 1.22 to 10 points after 48 minutes Owen Keneally added Ballyhale's third point from play in the 50th minute to leave it 1.22 to 11. Paul Flynn then added his, his third point of the game in the 53rd minute and this was cancelled out by Edwin Fitzpatrick point in the 54 for Bally Hailman. This was where the scoring ended for the Bally Hailman and it was all Dixborough then for the last six minutes of the game where Kevin Nolan, Sean Bide, Edward Milan, Kevin Nolan again and Paul Flynn and two last points from Sean Bide left Dixborough 130 to 14 points winners. A good win for Dixborough but tougher task will lie as they head into the junior championship. Yeah, that was uh, Kieran Neary telling us about that. Well, the, the actual recommencement of the adult hurling started last Monday night, and we weren't at that match, but we do know that Aaron's own, they were travelled down to the Innistig, where they won their junior uh, 
their junior match section B 214 uh, to 13 points against the home side at half time Erden's own they got two goals in the first half to lead 2-7 to 6 points at half time a 7 point margin there but it was much closer in the second half with the teams getting the same amount of scores but nevertheless Erden's own won the game 214 to 13 points and I saw that Erden's own team play their second game yesterday out in Ballycomey against uh, Clara right competitive game it was as well Comer nearly got caught in the end but here are how the game went JJ Cavan and Sons Junior Hurling League Championship Section B Aaron's own Castle Comer 315 Clara 21 pints Three first half goals proved crucial as Aaron's own Castle Comer defeated Clara in the JJ Cavan and Sons Junior Hurling League Championship Section B in Ballycomey on Saturday afternoon the home side were totally dominant in the opening quarter, leading 2-6 to a pint as the teams headed for the first water break. The Clara defence had a thorough time in the opening quarter and they will be unhappy with the concession of the first two goals. The first game when a long clearance was blocked by goalie Jason Barco, but the alert Dara Brennan steered the breaking ball into the back of the Clara net. The second Erden's own goal was down to a lack of concentration by the Clara defence, who failed to react to a quickly taken Ross Connolly free from 30 metres. The free taking and overall play of Jack Boogie was also key to Erden's own's early dominance. Clara displayed great heart in knuckling down in the second quarter to make the game far more competitive. Jason Byrne at midfield was key to his side's improvement and his free taken was particularly effective. After a base of Jack Boogie points, Ireland's only 210 to not 7, the home side grabbed their third goal from Dara Brennan, who was set up by the unmarked Stephen Daly. The Clara response was impressive, with four unanswered points from Joe Connolly, who was now profiting from a move to centre half forward, Kieran Prendergast, Gillian Phelan, and Paul Cody. Those scores left nine points between the sides at the break, with Aaron's own leading 310 to 11 points. Teaming raid made for tricky underfoot conditions for the players, and controlling the ball became more problematic also. If Aaron's own held the upper hand for most of the first half, it was a complete reversal after the break, as Clara thundered into the game. A brace of points from 65s from Jason Borden narrowed the margin. Kevin Holland responded for Aaron's own, but this was the first of only two points which the Comer side scored in the opening 22 minutes of the second half, the second coming from a jack boogie free. Clara upped their work rate considerably, with Jason Burden immense from play and freeze. Six points without reply from Burden in a 12-minute spell levelled the game in the 22nd minute. Aaron's own were now on the ropes, but they managed to regroup and kept their opponents scoreless during the closing seven minutes. Clara conceded a brace of needless late frees, both of which were converted by Jack Boogie. A final point from substitute Conor Clark sealed victory for the Comer side. Having led at one stage by 12 points, Aaron's own looked safe, and but for that late rally, they might well have lost the game. They were excellent in the first half, but never hurled with the same commitment after the break. Clara will rule the first half goals they conceded, as all three might have been prevented. Their second half comeback was impressive, and they almost won a game that for a long time appeared beyond them. Final score from Ballycomey, Erden's own Castle Comer Street 15, Clara 21 points. Yeah, well done there to Erin's own. Well, just change codes now before we go to our next break. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by John Corrigan from the Kilkennian District League. Now, John, your uh, league plans were uh, put uh, were scuttled because of the pandemic. So, what's happening now? We know there's some cup games, and we should absolutely laud the win of Fort of uh, Freebooters yesterday. They defeated Fort Celtic in the Leinster Youth's Cup four-one with goals from Keane Freeney, Neil Rowe, Zach Bay Hammond, and Darren Lawler. I should say that Keane Freeney, who scored for them, actually came on as a sub last night for St Lactons against Conaghy in the Junior B. So, John, what's happening on the soccer front? Well, the, the follow-up to that is that the draw for that part, for that competition is tomorrow, and possibly then the, they'll know their opponent and probably play it on August the 9th. Uh, next weekend, both if Freebooters and Evergreen are in Leinster Junior Cup action, and Evergreen's under-19s are playing in the Leinster under-19 Cup. 
and then the local league itself is due to kick off on the weekend of the 4th of September. That's the school boys on the Saturday and the junior on the Sunday with the Pat Mara Shields, which we will be drawn live with Jim and Bear on, I think I think I said it was the, the Tuesday the 11th, we'll be drawn live in there for the, the Shields. So that will kick off on the 4th of September. The following week will be leagues, whatever league, Premier Division 1, and then another round of the... Marshall, and we'll take it from there. So that, I'm sure you're you're looking forward, John, to getting back into action. Like the like the GA players, the soccer players are no different. They're mad for action too. Oh, they're mad for action. Uh, I know some of them are, are back training. I'm not exactly sure yes. now who is back training, but uh, like it's, it's going to be it's going to be trial and error. There's an awful lot of little niggly rules that's going to take a bit of it can get to use. But look, once we get out there, lads will sort it out. But at the same time, I suppose we all have to be very conscious that this uh, this virus has not gone away. So we have to be sensible. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, it has to be. It has to be treated with kid gloves now and do exactly as we're told. So that's what that's what that is the word that's going out to the club. Okay, thanks. Well, Jim and as I bear will pick that up on uh, on uh, Tuesday evenings offside. And uh, thanks for joining us this evening, John. Okay, that was John Corrigan from the Kilkenny District League. Got all that with Jim Cashin and Bear Scott every Tuesday night. But we thought we'd have a word. We normally speak to John at this time on Sunday evenings. Let's take a break, and we'll be back with uh, Tristan Linus with hockey. Community Radio Kilkenny City, keeping you company on eighty-eight point seven FM. Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Yes, you're very welcome back to the last section of our programme and uh, hockey was also impacted by the virus and uh, lots of uh, the competitions called off. Let's see what's the up-to-date situation. Delighted now to be once again joined by Tristan Linus from Kilkenny Hockey Club. Good to hear your voice again, Tristan. Uh, absolutely a uh, pleasure and uh, very grateful to be uh, invited back on Nikki uh, yes the um, uh, situation with hockey I suppose is w- w- uh, was impacted um, obviously as, as were all other sports the uh, plan for the moment um, uh, and obviously things are likely to change day on day or week on week but is that we're hoping to get back to um, competitive hockey in our normal season uh, starting in September but very much subject to all of the clubs um, signing up to the return to play protocols from Hockey Ireland uh, which involves uh, very strenuous uh, measures which are obviously uh, for everyone's safety um, in- including the appointment of a, a COVID officer making sure we're fully aware of all of the um, uh, players at any given training session or any given um, uh, match um, and right down to not having um, not sharing bibs uh, the cleaning of the uh, hockey balls used in the session them not being picked up I mean it'll be strange times but I mean we're all so glad uh, to have uh, come out the other side of this terrible pandemic and to be able to actually get back to sport which is a privilege um, so we, we, we very much hope that normal um, uh, order or the new normal order such as that is of course, uh, yeah. will resume in September Well look, that's good Tristan and we'll be with you when you do resume in September so we just wanted to get an update and good, good wishes to you and all in Kilkenny Hockey Club Absolutely and very much the same to um, all of the listeners and everyone at uh, Community Radio we're very grateful for the support and we hope to be uh, giving you updates on uh, uh, good progress uh, as the season con- uh, starts and continues in September Absolutely that's it thank you Tristan very much so that was Tristan Linus of Kilkenny Hockey Club well getting back on the J field is, uh, is, was fantastic this weekend I met up with a few people out in Castlecomer yesterday to hear what they had to say about it out here in uh, Ballycomey in Castlecomer, talking to the Eamon Holland. Eamon, you're delighted to be back here in action. Ah, absolutely, Nicky, there's no doubt about it. We, we had a match uh, earlier this week down in uh, the Roar and uh, it was fantastic.
fantastic to be back out in the fields again I mean the, the amount of players that are back these days is uh, phenomenal because people just want to play I think uh, club players getting the opportunity to play throughout the summer months is, is fantastic Do you feel that all the regulations on the clubs how are you managing to cope with those because there's quite a bit of uh, while the procedures were well laid out nevertheless it put a fair bit of pressure on clubs uh, We got together very early on that one and we, we got our proper COVID officers in place and we, we, we everyone knows what their what their job is I guess and, and absolutely the, the pressure is back down on clubs to make sure that they have all the protocols in place and look fingers crossed we don't have to come across any issues like our good self had to endure there for quite some time so but please please God over the next uh, number of weeks we're able to avoid any uh, significant issues and we'll let the player games Finally I mean players seem to be adapting very well they, they realise things are different so they're being responsible Players are absolutely being responsible and they understand that and uh, when, when they come down here to train they're training in big numbers and they're going home and they're having to understand that when they do that to step outside of this area that there's a responsibility on them because anything outside of that I mean we can't control their, their private lives and good luck to them whatever they do but they do understand that they're part of a group and the group has to stay together now here until the end and whenever we finish up uh, John Bogey very strange times John but like everybody you must be delighted to be back with games taking place yeah Nicky delighted to be back pitches all over the country now starting to fill up and we spent three or four months looking in at beautiful lawns as all there were and now activity everywhere you go out in the road travelling between towns and that I'm seeing it with kids and our own club is a full of activity the last number of weeks From a player's perspective John I know you're, you and me are going to be on our playing days but players are delighted to be back everywhere I, I would have a, a philosophy on it that this virus is, is an awful tragedy to hit the world not to talk of our country but the mental health issues that would fall out of players not getting out to meet their friends playing from a very young age right up to adult age it's often the, the hidden black secret of Ireland but depression is rife everywhere every community and I think the GA plays its part in helping that with the activities it puts on for all its members and we had to get our players back into the field the protocols that are put in place are difficult but the protocols that we put in place are leaders in sport I think and of course John uh, before I let you off to the team here Clearly, the virus has not gone away, so we're still living in challenging times and anything could happen between now and what would be the end of the inter-county season in the middle of December. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a constant black cloud hanging over everyone, Nicky. Only this morning reading the article about our, our neighbours in Carla there, Balnebrana and their chairman, and the pressure they were put under. Like, the virus is not just in the GA. The virus is everywhere. It's not a virus that associates itself with sport. It doesn't associate itself with theatre. It doesn't associate itself with work. It's everywhere. Every facet of community has to deal with it and I think as, a, as an organisation while our protocols are not to the flavour of everyone and me as well with the numbers that they're allowing into games, they are the protocols, I see it in my own profession we have a set of protocols that are nearly unworkable but we have to work them and until we can get some sort of virus remedies that can help we just have to work within the, the, the remit that we're given now and I think any game, no matter what, is better than no games and please God, clubs in Kilkenny, they will handle it the way they have been handling it and we won't have outbreaks that some of the keyboard warriors are talking about. Brian Glynn from Clara, how have the arrangements gone outside with, Brian, with you, Brian and Clara? Oh, sure, Nicky, they, they have been very different and, and hard to get used to, but uh, sure, they're, they're, they're okay. They're okay. The requirements of the clubs, there was a lot of requirements put on clubs, but you just had to get on with it. Just had to get on with it. The, the sport has gone out of it, really, I think, myself personally. It's really a players only game at the moment, you know, it's not for spectators, and, and you know, it's, 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 it's strange, it's very strange. 
Yeah, and supporters from all our clubs who are the backbone of our clubs, support clubs in so many ways, they'll be disappointed not to be able to come to these games in any great numbers. Absolutely, Nicky, yeah. But, you know, particularly Club Plus passes. I'm a holder of one myself, like, and, and I would go to as many games as I could every weekend, but now you can only take in your own club games, and I, I just don't think that's fair, to be quite honest. How have the players adapted? It is strange for them here now. They're talking out on the side of the field. Brings back memories of back in my own day, I must say, uh, although the trees are not around anymore. A bit strange for the players, but I think they're still happy to be back. They are, absolutely. Players are, will always be happy to be back, but I don't know. Personally, I think yeah, you have to wear a mask sitting a metre away from somebody on a bus, and yet you can go down on a field and tackle a guy at close quarters with no mask on, you know. There's, there's no logic in a lot of what's going on. Well, I'm talking to uh, Michael Pender, one of the officers from the Clara Club. These are di- very different times, mate. Very different times. Very extraordinary times. We don't know what's going to happen or what in the future, whether there will be games or not later on, we don't know. How have things gone in Clara? I was talking to one of the members of your club there earlier. How have they gone from your officer point of view? Because a lot of pressure put on officers with all the arrangements. Oh, very much so, yeah. This is going to be actually a lot tougher come going forward, seemingly, with all these t- ticket arrangements everything else but our club are going well enough so after putting in a good effort training and all that now and they're going pretty good again you must feel like all clubs you know your supporters can't really get to matches in any great numbers and, and they're the people who keep the club going I, I think we would all hope that come early August there'd be a lot more people let into games Oh, I hope so, yeah. Sure. It's very difficult. You have strong club members now that can't get, get to a match. I mean, no matter what way they try, they won't be able to get with, with the restrictions. But let's hope it will improve that there won't be any more outbreaks in clubs anyway. And it will go ahead and there will be more spectators at matches. Clara will be out in the Senior Hurling Championship uh, next weekend. They, they take on uh, Greg Ballycallan in the first match. So it's going to be pretty hectic after that week in, week out. Oh, from then on, it's going to be hectic, yeah. But so we have to it'll depend on the panel now you have to, your panel will be used week in week out because you won't get away with 15 anymore it's a, it's a bigger panel of player, players now, now on Does the shorter championship issue does that give any particular team an advantage? Oh not really I'd say a bigger club probably have a bigger selection of players maybe but I wouldn't think so no no Yes, there were some thoughts from people at the game in Castle Cormor yesterday. Well, we move on to horse racing now. Bear Scott is on the line with the results from the Cora. Off you go, Bear. Nice, Nick. They started there at 145. The first race was won by number two, Kyle Avon, 11 to 4. Second was number nine, St. Mark's Basilica, 6 to 4 favour. And third was number seven, I am Magnetic, 13 to 2. Number three was an honour, 9 Rand. The 220, the winner was number 15, Thunder Beauty, 12 to 1. Second was number six, Aranda. Five to one and third was number eight. Olympico five to two to beat in favourite was number seven, eighteen Rand. The two fifty five to winner was number four, Magical, nine to two on favourite. Second was number three, Sir Dragon eighteen to one, six Rand. Three thirty to winner was number nine, Ryan Poor five to one, second number one, Halimi six to one, and third number ten major award, twenty two to one. Beat in favourite was number seven, thirteen and fifteen were non honours. 13 Rand. The 405, the winner was number 16, Trui, by 15 to 2. Second was number 7, Lincoln, 11 to 1. Third was number 18, Noor Ventor, 10 to 1. And fourth was number 12, Caesar's Comet, also 12 to 1, 18 Rand. The, fi- the 440 was won by number 7, Not Now Zeb, 18 to 1. Second was number 11, El Zamone, 14 to 1. And third was number 4, Big Gossie, 4 to 1, Giant Favourite. The other Giant Favourite was number 2, 11 ran. 
515 the winner here was number 13 Chuck Quinto 150 to 1 second was number 12 Call of the Jungle 5 to 1 and third was number 18 Ola Benita 11 to 1 the beaten favourite was number 16 18 ran and finally the 545 was won by number 2 Nordic Passage 5 to 1 second number 9 bought in the dark 7 to 2 favourite third was number eight master Matt nine to two eleven ran okay bear that's it thanks, thanks that's bear it. take care okay that was bear scott now we're coming near the end of the program uh we went through all the junior matches just a quick resume on the junior a the winners in junior a were tolerone liz downey dunamagan moonkine and greg valley callan the best loser there is thomastown but the, the round two and relegation involved young ireland's carrick shock lachlan gales and james stevens in junior b the winners were Bennis Bridge, Glenmore, St. Lactons, Barra Rangers and Dixborough. And joining them as the best loser is Connie Shamrocks. Round two and relegation involves Tullaher, Ross Birkin, St. Martins, Mullinavat, John Locks. In uh, junior C, the uh, winners were Shamrocks, Ballyhale, Danes, Fort, Emeralds, Piltown and Fenians. Joining them as the best loser is uh, Three Castles and round two and relegation. And those draws are being made, all being made this evening, but we won't have them for you, but Pat will happen tomorrow. The round two and relegation in uh, Junior C is, involves Mooncoyne, Galmoy, Greg Namana and Winegap. Now Junior D and Junior E are a bit more complicated, but I'm told that Carrigine are into the semi-final. Kilmacaw will play Clara uh, to, uh, and one of them will get to the second semi-final, while the teams involved in the draws will will it be James Stevens, Sleeveroo, Barra Rangers, Blacks and Whites, St. Patrick's and Clonine, and there will be no repeat fixtures. So if you come out against the team you played in the last round, it'll be redrawn. And in junior E, Liz Downey have made it into the semi-final. It'll be Ayrton's own and Bennis Bridge for a, versus Bennis Bridge for another semi-final. And the teams to be drawn then to contest to, to play out for the second two semi-finals places will be Dainsford, Dixborough, Moonkine, O'Loughlin Gales, Roar in the Steag, St. Martins, and again no repeat fixtures there. So we just you just have to uh, keep an eye out on that we'll have more tomorrow Pat Tracy will have more tomorrow as soon as we know uh, what those uh, actual uh, fixtures are but certainly there has been uh, lots and lots of games lots of stuff going on next weekend as well we'll quickly go down through the Camogie results Minor Con- uh, Minor Connie Shamrocks 4-11 James Stevens 2-4 Martins 2-8 Paulstown Blacks and Whites 1-6 Piltown 416, Emeralds 25, Danes 4311, Moonkind 10 points, Glenmore 666, Wangap 4 points, Liz Downey 715, John Locks 55, St. Bridges 413, Atlara 24, and Dixborough 315, Young Ireland 33. It was St. Lacton's 38, Carrick Shock 9 points. Um, St. Martin's 4.15 Ballyhale 2.6 Lachlan Gales 3.9 Emeralds 2.9 Piltown 5.18 Kilmacow Sleeve 3 points Glenmore 5.21 Moonkine 1.5 Danes Fort 5.15 Winegap 3 points uh, Thomastown uh, Dixborough 1.12 Thomastown 1.6 and New Ireland's 4.11 St. Bridget's 4.9 and Moon adult game play there in the junior was Piltown at 2.16 at Clara 1.7 and don't forget all the big minor games on tomorrow night look we're out of time uh, we'll be back again next Sunday even with another bumper programme. Joe Byrne coming up next. Thanks to everybody who helped out with this evening's programme, a bumper show. Great to be back. Uh, enjoy Joe Byrne next with the best of country and Irish. Slán agus